I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're following us on YouTube, make sure you hit the notification so that you never miss anything. Today is an Opposition Wednesday. And for that, from Fox 5 in Atlanta, we bring in Kelly Price. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, you are the new host of Rise Up Atlanta, which is a pretty cool uh, nightly show. Tell us a little bit about what you guys got going on down there. Yeah, so Fox 5 is the official TV partner of the Atlanta Falcons. So we have three different programs that we have every week that are completely dedicated to the Falcons. I host Rise Up Tonight, which is kind of like the lifestyle late night kind of show. Think of Jimmy Fallon if he only covered the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I know that's not as exciting to uh Washington fans, but it's a fun show. We like to talk about the players, what they're doing, maybe in the community, you know, their pregame outfits, fashion choices, kind of all the things they're doing outside of the football field, as well as what they're doing on it. So it's a fun uh, kind of personality driven show. Nice. It's a, uh, it's an interesting year for Atlanta uh, from the outside looking in, it feels like a team rebuilding uh, but maybe that's not what they're thinking down there since they had a very high draft pick and decided to stick with Matt Ryan. What, what seems to be the, uh, the, the process, the thinking process going on down there right now? Yeah, it's very strange. And it's also interesting being in Atlanta, covering this t- team full-time and seeing kind of like the national conversation about it. Every week we hear these national broadcasters on, you know, whatever the people are that calling that game are talking about a young team. This team is not a young team. They have a lot of veterans on this team. Obviously, everyone knows about Matt Ryan, but even just guys they brought in in free agency this offseason who are kind of like on one-year veteran deals. There's a lot of guys like that on this team. So it is kind of an older team. It's a weird space that they're at because they're in a weird salary cap situation. A lot of people nationally know about that with the whole Julio trade and stuff this offseason. So they are in kind of a bad spot with that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean – they refuse to call it a rebuild. They refuse to call it that when the uh, new general manager and coach came in this off season, it feels very much like they're trying to make do with what they have, but they are kind of in a tough situation with the cap. Like I mentioned. Uh, speaking, you brought up Julio. He wanted out or they just couldn't afford to keep him. I think it was kind of a relationship that got really frayed at the end really fast, right? Like, these comments that he was starting to make when he made that appearance on FS1 and was like, man, I'm out of there. That was stuff that happened right after kind of the transition from the Dimitrov, Dan Quinn era, the previous general manager and head coach that kind of happened right before this new staff really even got to know him. I remember when they did the trade and it was official, Arthur Smith was like, yeah, I mean, I've never even met Julio. Like I don't know this guy at all. So there's no, loyalty I guess to Julio in this new regime because they don't even know him I mean it doesn't really make sense for them to fight for him when they don't even really know him themselves um so I think there was a lot of things behind the scenes with Julio too last season that he just became really unhappy I mean he's a guy that is a talented player hasn't really had an opportunity to you know go for that ring as much as maybe he wanted to here in Atlanta um, is he going to be able to do that in Tennessee? The likelihood of that is looking more like no than it did this offseason, right? But um, it's it's an interesting situation that I'm sure we'll uh, see some kind of like book deal or something later on where more secrets will be revealed on what happened there. 
Sometimes guys tend to be better coordinators. It's not that Dan Quinn didn't have success in Atlanta. They made it to the Super Bowl, though, of course. But, I mean, so far, he's doing well in Dallas. What has the new uh, head coach brought to Atlanta that maybe Dan Quinn didn't? It's a great question, and I've actually noticed a lot of differences between them, not just them as people and kind of the way they carry themselves, but the way they're directing this team, right? So even just after the first loss, the way that Arthur Smith talked about it was so different than Dan Quinn talking about a loss. And Falcons fans know what I'm talking about. Dan Quinn would say stuff like, you know, we're pissed off. We're going to get this right. He would just be kind of that, like, rally the troops. He would always have these, like, kind of sayings that he would say that didn't really mean a whole lot, especially when the next week they went out and got trounced once again. Um, But Arthur Smith, that first loss that they had against the Eagles, you could really tell it did not sit well with him. He's like, no one's going to sit here and feel sorry for us. I'm number one on that train of like, we're moving on. We're going to get this thing right. Just the leadership style is very different in that aspect, I think. Um, and just the way they conduct their their practices and the way that they're holding players responsible in ways that maybe, you know, they weren't in a, under the previous regime. There's been a lot of more kind of down to business type approach from Arthur Smith than there was in the Dan Quinn era. And, you know, there's there's styles for every coach. I mean, Dan Quinn was more of a player's coach, if you want to call it that. Um, but, you know, I think Dan, uh, Arthur Smith is is the right guy for kind of writing this ship because they're they were in a bad situation. Right. They were handed a not great situation, this new general manager and coach. And I think they're going to try to write it as well. They can. It's just a matter of how patient is Arthur Blank, this fan base, all the all the uh, you know factors at play there. Where is the fan base right now? I'm curious. It, it Again, we talked about rebuild and it being a dirty word, and maybe that's not something they want to throw around, but you're hoping uh, as an organization you're not picking up in the top three, four spots very often. They took Kyle Pitts. I don't think very many people are upset about that. Uh, but at the same time, if you feel like you're at anywhere close to a rebuild, boy, you like to take quarterback there. What did the fan base think about Kyle Pitts uh, drafting at the time? And what do you think they think about it now? It's very divided at the time. And I think now it's even it's more united on the front as far as everyone's behind the pick, but they're not utilizing him. And I think that's the thing that Falcons fans have a bone to pick with right now. I think at the time, sure, there were parts of the fan base that would love to have seen Justin Fields come home. He's from the Atlanta area. People would have loved to see that. I know there are a lot of people who liked Trey Lance. Um, you know, there were, there were pockets of the fan base that, you know, didn't love the pick at the time. But I think for the most part, everyone was excited to see a new offensive weapon, see what this offensive guru, Arthur Smith, could, you know, scheme up for him. But the problem is, for through these first three weeks, there hasn't been a ton of that. And how much of that is Kyle Pitts still getting adjusted to the game? They don't want to put too much on his plate too soon. There's a lot of things at play when you have a rookie like Kyle Pitts who has that ability and flashes. And certainly every time he's gotten the ball from the Falcons end, he's looked the part. But it's just how much do you want to put on his plate at this point in the season? And I think that will continue to grow for him. I mean, we saw this past week he wasn't utilized until the third, fourth quarter. And everyone's kind of scratching their heads like, what are we doing here? Not using our number four overall tight end. Um So it'll be interesting to see how they maybe give him more as the season goes on. I'm hoping that we see more kind of creative calls from Arthur Smith using him because they have so many weapons on offense that to me, they're just not totally utilizing. Um, But I think that at this point, 
Most Falcons fans are behind the Kyle Pitts pick. Um, Matt Ryan hasn't been the biggest problem on this team for a number of years. And I think most people who really know about football know that that's the case. Quarterbacks just get all the blame and all the praise on unfairly. So. Sure. Well, Washington notoriously just gives up chunks to tight end. So I'm sure Kyle <laughs> Pitts will have the breakout game. that they have. Kyle Pitts uh, breakout game calling it now. <laughs> what I assume the new head coach is still calling the plays. Yes. Yes. He is. He's the offensive play caller. And Dean Pease comes in as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Dan Quinn runs some sort of a 4-3 zone. I'm assuming that's not what Pease is doing. He's got that New England background. I'm assuming they switched to a 34. Yes, yeah. And these guys love this new defense. I mean, a lot of them have talked about how they're in different roles. And I think that's the other thing. The coaching staff has an inherited, you know, a roster that's not super deep, not extremely talented, especially on the defensive side of the ball, kind of going back to the salary cap situation. They can't bring in some high end pass rusher is going to demand a lot of money. They just don't have the space for it. And so I think Dean Pease was a really nice fit here because his scheme can kind of work to certain guys strengths and new they're being used in new different ways. So that's exciting for them. We've seen like guys like Isaiah Oliver, who, who, you know, his last couple of seasons here, um, he was a cornerback outside. They've moved him more to nickel and he's looked a lot better in these first three games. There's just certain guys that I think are being adjusted a little bit, kind of working around those holes on talent in the roster that Dean Pease is, is a good, you know, kind of fit scheme wise to kind of move those guys around and give them more of an opportunity to succeed. The offensive line for Washington's actually played fairly well for the young quarterback. Who is on the edges now? Dante Fowler on one side for Atlanta. Is that right? Who's on the other side? Yep. Um, Dante Fowler, who also had a really great game um, this past week. But, I mean, both these teams have six sacks, right? So they're, like, towards the bottom of the league. So I think they're yep. both kind of on the, <laughs> on the same page there with that, not, not realizing potential that maybe they have, you know? Do you think when the year's over for Atlanta, they will be in sell mode? They've got young pieces like um, the, the linebacker there, Deion Jones. Uh, had they talked about moving him before the season or no? No, there hasn't really been talk about him. Um, I don't think he's a, a big uh, selling point, if that makes I, – I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't think he's on the chopping block with that. Okay. Um, let's see. Also, uh, Terry McLaurin is off to a great start for Washington. Does Atlanta, will they have somebody follow him or do the, do they switch sides? How does that work in the new defense? Yeah. Well, the biggest question I actually have going into this game is AJ Terrell's health, who's their best cornerback. He was their first round pick, uh, last, last year. Um, but he had, has a concussion. So he was out this last game, which the giants had a lot of injuries on, on their side with the wide receiver. So kind of worked out in the Falcons favor a little bit, but is TJ green going to be the guy for the Falcons? Once again, who's the guy who uh, was in relief of AJ Terrell. I'm not sure if Terrell's going to be healthy. Concussions are kind of a tough deal. You can't really predict when they're going to clear that protocol. Um, of course they would want him to be healthy because like you said, um, McLaurin is, is having a pretty good year. And I think that's the guy they would want in coverage with him. Um, but I, I don't know what's going to happen with his health. And it's still early on Wednesday to, to see where we're at with the injury report and stuff. Matt Ryan has had at least three offensive coordinators that I can think of. What does he say about this new system? 
yeah, he's, he's liking it. I mean, to, as far as what he's telling the media, um, I think it's just that the offense hasn't seemed to get in much of a rhythm yet. Um, it doesn't seem to me, at least that they have much of identity on offense quite yet. And I don't know if that's the first two games, they had really bad offensive line play stuff. Couldn't develop as much as it maybe needed to, um, you know, the first two games, there was more of a run game this past game. They kind of got away from that. Like I mentioned earlier, Kyle Pitts hasn't really been used a whole lot. Even Calvin Ridley isn't impacting the game. I think as much as a lot of people thought he would, um, their number two receiver is also out with an injury from this last game, um, Russell Gage. So I think they're just, they haven't really gotten into that rhythm on offense. So I don't even know if any of us have really seen what this team can actually do on offense. Um, but I think Matt Ryan is, is as comfortable as he can be <laughs> other than getting sacked. What has he been sacked like seven times in the first three games? Well, I was, was going to say, it's, it's kind of a makeshift offensive line there at the moment. Is that right? Yeah. Well, left guard going into even training camp was a big question mark for this team. I mean, they haven't really figured out the left guard spot in the last like two to three seasons. So going into the season, that was already a big question mark, the biggest battle, if you will, going into camp. So then Josh Andrews came in um, this offseason. He was supposed to be the projected starter at left guard, but then he broke his hand right before week one. So he, you know, goes on injured reserve. And then they put in Jalen Mayfield, true rookie. He was one of their draft picks this last year, struggled mightily. I mean, he didn't have a great time in the preseason or in training camp either. So he just was like not ready for that position, but they just didn't have any bodies there. And, um, you know, he, he's to his credit, he's gotten better through the last last week, I thought was their best offensive line performance by far. They really stepped it up. Um, but it has been kind of just um, all the guys on the line outside of Jake Matthews, the left tackle, are in their sec first, second or third year. Um, so they're all extremely young. And um, yeah, I think that's definitely a challenge that they hope to continue to see progress on that offensive line. How have the Falcons been injury wise? They've been, I mean, knocking on wood for Falcons fans, they've been pretty lucky, especially for the first three weeks. AJ Terrell, I mentioned, had a concussion. You hope that's not a long-term situation. You hope he can maybe come back from that this week. He's been kind of their biggest name, I would say, who's been injured other than, um, I just mentioned, Russell Gage, the number two receiver. I don't think his was a long-term. I think he just had like a sprained ankle or something last, last week. So he could probably come back this week, I would think. Um, but the, other than that, it's been a pretty clean sheet on the injury report every day from practice and stuff. Um, so on that front, at least, the Falcons are doing pretty good. Uh, fantasy uh, people everywhere are upset, I think, because Mike Davis went pretty high. He has not gotten <laughs> a lot of work. What is going on there? Yeah, like I mentioned, they kind of abandoned the run game a little bit, um, I felt, compared to what they had done the first two games in this game against the Giants on Sunday. I don't know what that is about. Also, a big part of the whole Mike Davis situation is you got Cordell Patterson, who's every time he touches the ball has been dynamic and wonderful, you know, for for getting those first downs for Atlanta. Um, so that's a tough situation, but they're two totally different kinds of backs. So they're being used in totally different ways. Um, yeah, I was surprised that Mike Davis didn't have more of an impact on Sunday, also because the offensive line was doing better. Um, you know, those first two games, the offensive line was way worse. And I felt like his play, Mike Davis's play was much stronger. So it was, it was an interesting, um, I guess, play calling to not even have him in there for a lot of those downs. We do a thing each week called the confidence game. Uh, so like, who do you have more confidence in 
the Washington football team receivers or Atlanta's secondary? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> I, it's hard to say also, because like I was saying earlier, the giants had so many injuries to their receivers. So it, the, the balance was a little bit different this past week. I would say advantage goes to Washington's receiving core on that one. Mostly are, because. Are, oh, sorry, sorry, are, are both safeties new? Are, the, sorry, say that again. Are both safeties new for Atlanta? Yes. Um, they're, well, they're veteran guys, Eric Harrison, Deron Harmon. They've been in the league, you know, lots but of new. years. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they're both new to Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I would say the advantage Washington receivers there just because um, I don't know how the A.J. Terrell situation is going to go with his health. Okay, who do you have more confidence in, the Atlanta linebacking core or Washington running backs? Hmm, I would say Atlanta's linebackers. They've performed pretty well through the first three weeks. They're actually one of the biggest strengths, I feel like, on this defense. Um, they are really, you know, they're always trying to punch out the ball. They really have, I, I don't know if the numbers in front of me on force fumbles, but like Foye Luakon, one of the linebackers had an incredible amount of, um, force fumbles last year. I think he's already forced one this year. Deion Jones is great. And they also have a third string kind of guy, Michael Walker, who's been using a lot of different packages, also blitzing and stuff that, um, he's been, he's a kind of young, a rising star for them. I would say the linebackers for Atlanta. And then finally, who do you have more confidence in the coaching staff for Atlanta or the coaching staff for Washington? That's a tough question because I don't follow the Washington coaching staff as much, but just given what I've read online, I would say uh, probably Atlanta's coaching staff. I feel like they're also just kind of getting in their swing, getting their confidence. That's, they just needed that like first win. I feel like to be like, all right, we can do this. we got to build on that. And I think that's the biggest thing for them now is can they build on that win um it's great to get a win of course but what can you do with it next i think is is their exact focus right now if you had to guess and i know it's early last year uh for matt ryan in, in atlanta i don't know if it's his last year but we'll i mean we'll, a lot of this depends i've talked to a lot of different you know podcasts and people about this a lot of it depends i think on how this class coming out of the draft develops right like is there going to be a top end pass rusher at the top that maybe Atlanta want to go wants to go for that to me is a much bigger uh need for them than quarterback um so it kind of depends on that and it's hard to tell at this point in the season for um you know the the rising college stars what's what's going to develop there but I mean he's definitely on his back nine of his career I mean there's no there's no getting around that um but I think it's a matter of you know what can they do this year too can he show that he can still play you know, like the end of this last game, he had those two game-winning drives. You know, I mean, if he's still doing that, it's hard to move on from him at that point. It's early in the week, I know, but you want to give us a score prediction for Sunday? I think it's going to be a really close game, but low scoring. Um, at this point, not knowing all the injury situations and how stuff's going to develop, I say Atlanta – 24 to 23, like really, really close. I don't think it's going to be like a game winning situation like it was this last week with the Giants, but I think it's going to be really close. Kelly Price, tell the folks where they can find you on your social medias. I am the Kelly Price on any platform you want to find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, even I do that. 
um, T-H-E-K-E-L-L-Y-P-R-I-C-E. Yes, like the singer, and no, I'm not missing like she is. So, <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy lady. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.